Hi friends, before we get to today's episode, we have a couple announcements for you. First of all, due to current situation with the pandemic and having to isolate, we are unfortunately not able to meet and record video episodes. We still wanted to put out the second season of the podcast for you friends, so for the time being, we will do it in audio-only format. We're recording in our own homes with separate setups, so the sound quality is going to be a little different for the two of us, and the flow of the conversation might seem a bit different from what you're used to, since we're talking to each other on video calls. So please bear with us as we make it work, given the current situation. The podcast is still available on all the same platforms, including YouTube, and we will return to filming video episodes as soon as we can meet in person again. We have another exciting announcement. We are now on Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it is a platform where you can support your favorite creatives with a monthly pledge that you can change or delete anytime. Our Patreon page will work as a tip jar with one tier that is two euros a month or more if you wish. The money will go towards paying for our podcast hosting fees. In the future, we hope to also create exclusive content for you on Patreon. So... If you enjoy listening to our podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon. And now to today's episode. Hello, friends. I'm Mia. And I'm Sasha. And I'm Abila. And this is the Drawing Club Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Drawing Club Podcast. Yes, welcome. And this is another special episode because today we have a guest, Abila. Abila, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. It's like, it's the first time I've been in a podcast talking, so it's very exciting for me, a new experience. Uh, So for myself, I'm like a very wide area artist. So I'm an illustrator and comic artist. Uh, Foremost, I like to call myself an illustrator and comic artist first and then I have like secondary things that I do which are like uh, I'm a graphic designer uh, by education and I'm also like a teacher I teach art comics and illustration digital art and also recently I've been learning tattooing so I'm I'm doing like a very wide area variety of things in the art field i would say (laughs) wow it sounds like you have a lot of experience in like a lot of different creative things (laughs) yes definitely like i have (laughs) so so many like different kinds of work i've been doing and i'm always excited to try new things and improve my like capabilities like i don't want to be like stuck in just one field of art field and uh, yeah expand Nice. So, yes, but before we learn everything we can today about Apila, um, just wanted to remind all of your listeners that we are a drawing podcast. So all of us are drawing here while talking and you're welcome to draw with us too. And please show us your drawings on your social media. But um, Mia and Apila, do you want to say what you're drawing today? Sure, uh, I can start. I got really excited because uh, a couple of episodes, a couple episodes, uh, oh my god, a couple episodes ago, uh, I drew some Harry Potter fan art, 
which you wouldn't know about Avila, but Ooh. it's coming out tomorrow. So oh, okay. So I didn't see by that. The time, okay. By the time this comes out. But uh, yeah, that was like so much fun that when I was thinking of what I want to draw today, I, I wanted to draw more Harry Potter fan art. So I'm drawing a portrait of Hermione uh, with Crookshanks, her cat. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Avila? What are you drawing today? Well, I was like uh, wondering very long time, like, what do I want to draw? But then I, I thought I would draw my like kind of this like persona character I have for myself. <laughs> it's this like bat, bat person. It's like this punk rock bat that I've been drawing sometimes. And I think I'm going to draw this character. And uh, also it's been like, I love drawing bats. I think they're like so fun. So it can be interesting. That so cool. <laughs> Yeah, like combining like the bad characteristics and making somehow a little bit human and like also I be I had I did this like uh, kind of like children's children's illustration job where I draw a bad character and so maybe I'll like include some of the qualities of that cat uh, bad character in this bad bad persona <laughs> that I'm creating today. Yeah. And what are you using? I'm drawing digitally. I'm uh, using like uh, Procreate and I was like, cause I've been l looking at your, like the other podcast and you're like drawing like, yeah, like painting and stuff. And I was like, oh, it looks fun. But I'm always like drawing digitally these days. And I don't, I don't think I can draw like on the paper so well anymore. So <laughs> I'm just like, it's gonna be easiest for me to just draw digitally cause that's what I do all the time. So I'm gonna stick to what I know best. So I'm gonna, keep drawing digitally for this one as well yes. on the iPad. That's totally fine. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> and I'm using my watercolors. Yes. What about you, Sasha? What are you drawing today? Well, I actually started, um, like I sat here with a blank piece of paper. I had no idea what to draw. So I'm drawing like a couple episodes ago, we were also talking about like when you have a blank page, you just draw something you're comfortable with. So I just have this pattern of leaves. Mm. And I'm gonna, like, I, st I just started sketching it while you were saying what you're drawing. <laughs> so I'm just gonna color this with watercolors and then let's see where this goes. Wow, nice, improvising. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see. Yeah, I feel like every every time we start an episode, it's like, Sasha, what are you drawing? Well, I'm drawing plants, I'm drawing leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of your thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting here. But if you're leaves. like also like talking at the same time, you might need to like draw something that you're com comfortable with. Cause it like, for me, it also like takes some like, some of my brain power to think of something new. So it's like easy to draw something you're comfortable with when if you're talking at mm. the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, whenever I try to make something new and interesting while recording a podcast, I always get disappointed with my <laughs> <laughs> final piece. <laughs> yeah, because also like within one hour, you have to finish something. I mean, we almost never do, but we try <laughs> to, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. But yeah, should we do our little segment with one thing you want to share with the club today? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Apila, do you want to go first? What do you want to share with the club today? Yeah, I was like thinking of this for a while, like what has been like helping me most in this uh, physical distancing time. And for me, it's like, 
I want some like distraction from the horrible things in the world. And I've been watching this web series. Maybe you know of it, but it's like it's with the two drag queens, uh, Trixie Mattel and Katya. It's uh, this. Mm, it's this uh, <laughs> web series on Wow Presents, and they talk about like everything but yeah it's like uh, it's just like so stupid and like really like it makes me laugh so hard i'm always like my boyfriend is looking at looking at me like watching this series and i laugh so hard and it's like <laughs> i haven't laughed so much in a while so it's really like nice to have something that makes me feel this happy and just uh, forget about the worries in the world so uh, if you want to throw your brain in the gutter then look at <laughs> look at mm, on, on youtube so that's the name. Mm. Yeah, it's it's mm, it's the name. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Really cute. I love it. Yeah, and if it, it it has like yeah, it has like a lot of like profanity and maybe some like sexual and uh, kind of like maybe <laughs> not so uh, kid friendly topics. Mm. So and you know if yeah, just just a, like a warning and they yeah. <laughs> trigger warning all around it might badly but if you're like uh, prepare for it go watch it because it's like really like it just makes me laugh so much yeah i have to check that out that sounds super fun <laughs> i think i actually just yesterday saw another youtuber mention this and that's when i heard of it for the first time so it's so funny that now now suddenly <laughs> i'm hearing about it again so i should i should definitely yeah it's like the best best thing to watch now i think <laughs> more people are finding it now in like the quarantine times <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about you sasha what's your thing you want to share with the club uh well i want to tell the club that today i am sitting and recording this in my kitchen at my dining table where i never actually work but <laughs> my apartment is such a huge mess right now because in the end of this month we are moving apartments Oh. Uh, so and it has already even though like I mean you're gonna hear this episode already on the same week when we are moving but this is now like still mid month and I wasn't expecting at this time already for the apartment to become a chaos but it already is because we sold our bed and we had this loft bed oh. uh, loft bed with like a whole music studio underneath so we had to pack pack all of that and like already like half of our apartment is just like things on top of things and <laughs> i'm already starting <laughs> to stress out even though like i know that in the end everything's going to be fine and also we're going to be in a nice much much nicer place and mm. i'm like really excited about this so i'm trying to like really chill myself out and tell like okay this is temporary this is okay we're like moving is like this like it's chaos but it's gonna end <laughs> like but i really have to like keep telling myself that because i'm like really i i i like when things are really tidy i'm like like on practice maybe i'm not a very tidy like i'm i mess things up but i'm a really tidy person in a way that i i feel my best when everything is in its own place so when things mm. are chaos i'm like really stressed out so yeah and I had to find this alternative place even to work today because my workspace is not usable at the moment. <laughs> but I've been looking at your like place in the in the background of the podcasts, the videos when you had 
And I'd be like, oh, it looks like so nice. But I don't know if I only see the one one place with your like cabinets in there. I don't know how the rest of the place is, but it looked so lovely. But yeah, I, I imagine you must be looking forward to moving also when you get to it. Yeah. But it might be like difficult to move now, like with the whole. Yeah. Whole I mean, uh, yes, we are like we even started looking for an apartment when it was already uh like uh, it was already isolation time and actually we didn't really mm. have to move so it was this thing that we started just like as a fun project we just started looking at apartments <laughs> <laughs> but i yeah i already like told that in a couple podcasts ago uh but yeah but we of course like yeah i also because last time i mentioned that we are moving and i also felt like maybe i should make this disclaimer that like we are still like not taking this lightly and we're not like moving just for fun we actually only mm. like we're gonna move if we found the apartment that is like the ideal apartment for us not just to like mm. you know <laughs> we're so bored we're gonna move but <laughs> yeah so and and yeah we are like thinking of how do we make this safely like we're not mm -hmm. we're not getting any people to like carry our stuff and we're renting a van from a place where you don't have to contact with anyone you just do it online and then you go and you pick a car and, and things like that like we are really thinking about how to make it safely of course but yeah it's an interesting time to mm -hmm. schedule a move <laughs> but also yeah. i'm excited to have a project yeah, it's good to have like change change in your life. I think moving is always like really exciting to get a new scenery in your life. Yeah. What about you, Mia? What do you want to share with the club today? Well, um, I want to share that I planted my first seeds of the spring uh, this week, oh. <laughs> which I don't. Um, I've only done I think once before. I've like grown. A plant from seeds and this is only my second time but my mom uh, gave me some seeds for basil and parsley and some kind of a salad and they came with their own like little they're kind of these weird bags where you put the soil and then you just poured water in and then you sprinkled the seeds on top and I've been like I've only had them there for a couple of days so nothing has actually happened yet but I'm like <laughs> I'm checking them every morning. I'm like, oh, is there something? Is there something? <laughs> There's not yet anything, but I'm <laughs> I'm really looking forward to something starting to grow soon. <laughs> I'm really Maybe excited. you'll get babies. <laughs> yes, tiny little sprouts. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. I had I had I just planted like these uh, seeds like uh, I had like zucchini and some lettuce and I like I'm I was they started to sprout like a few days ago. So that was like one thing I was like, maybe I should tell about this, but I was like, oh, I don't know, like Mia's probably gonna talk about plants. So maybe I'll <laughs> 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 well, <you> knew it. <laughs> yes, I was like, <laughs> probably gonna be some plant talks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's then get to all our questions we have to you, Apila, because we have so many. Ooh, yes. exciting. Okay, so I want to start with the books. 
because I'm sure that's like a dream of a lot of illustrators to publish their own books. And mm. you have mm -hmm. had several books published already. So could you tell yes. us how, like, how do you, well, just in general, like your experience with publishing books and how did you even start with that? Yeah, so for me, I've been like, ever since I was little, I've been making my like own books. Like uh, when I was a kid, I made them like just like one copy and showed it to my friends and everything. And so I think I had, I had this like passion growing up a lot. And when I was like um, going to like high school, I was in this visual arts high school. And then I like uh, then I got like to publish my first comics in like uh, in a magazine and then it's like sparked this like uh, joy in me like uh, to maybe have more of my comics published and then I did like a few uh, self-published comic zines when I was like 18 or something and I think uh, for me like also the form of the book is very important like I wanted to have like this like nice looking books and have it like a physical object so it's it has like some purpose in being in a physical form. And then when I had like made a few zines by myself, I uh, started to like wanted to collaborate with other artists and we created some like anthologies uh, with a few of my like school friends. We made like this uh, uni anthology. It was about like dreams <laughs> and it was like comics. And then I, I was the editor for the book. So I was like editing the comics for that book. And then I like learned that, learned that I had to like, but I was heard that I had this like passion about like editing also. And when I was editing this uh, anthology, I started to like wonder about like making like some, also like a bigger, bigger thing, like a series or something. So we made like a few books of this uni anthology. And then I started this Ricky project, which is like a Ricky, it means like broken in Finnish and uh, we have met, made some, it was like the first we made this like comic magazine and then we made this and then because it was like really popular and we got some grants for it and then I started to feel like hey maybe it's like an actual thing like I could do like like and be like serious so it's not just a hobby anymore and then we got a new new grant for uh, second Rikki book, which was like Rikki Näsin Mielen Kuvat, this, uh, this comic anthology, and I was the editor for that also. And then it was, uh, we got an actual like publishing house, like to publish it for us. So that was like my first like get step into the real like book publishing world. So yeah, because we had like the first anthology was really popular. So we had like that in our pocket. So we were like, like this book sold uh, this many and this many. So we could say to the publisher, like, it's going to be probably going to be successful because the uh, first issue was so successful. So it was like kind of like this uh, proof, proof of like uh, success for them. And then uh, it was like, actually, like I just sent an email to like many publishing houses and like ask like we have this project and we did like the first issue and it was like this successful and stuff so I could show tell them about the project and 
many, many, many said no. And, uh, and I was like, maybe like, yeah, expecting that because yeah, it is pretty like common that they don't like maybe. And they had like some, yeah, like they could like give some reasons to it, but yeah. Because usually the publishing world works that so that they want to like, they, they like uh, make a schedule of the books they're going to publish like many years in advance. So maybe they even, especially for like small publishing houses, they have to like plan what they're going to publish for many years in advance. And then they usually stick to the artists that they have like on board already. So the same artist can like say that like, oh I'm gonna make, I'm working on this book and it's gonna be like published in two years so they're like okay we have the budget ready for that book then and because I approached them with this project and I was like oh we have to get this published by this and this date because we had the grant for it so we had to like fulfill the grant requirements so that was like made it maybe a little bit like a tight schedule for many publishers because they want to like be able to know like in advance for many years and start to start to like plan for the marketing and everything but this one house that was Suri Kurpitsa which is like a very small publisher based in Tampere in Finland and and we, I had like because it was an anthology and we had like many artists that also worked for Suri Kurpitsa before. So also the publisher was like, okay, we have had like Tiu Takala before, we had Vivi uh, Rintanen before and Wolf Kangare before and their books were successful. So they knew like these artists that were involved in the anthology before. So we also had like kind of like this uh, <laughs> backup, like they knew it's gonna probably gonna be successful. So. It helped with the process that we had like these contacts there also and then they said like yeah we can publish this book book with then and yeah that's how it started and then i think it's like getting your like uh, name in in with the publishers is really like important and i think for me that really helped me like elevate my career and like make people know who i am like in the publishing world because i and when you when I got like my first like yeah first book published, it was like easier to get the others published then. And uh, actually, like after that, it's been that I've usually been like working in collaboration with the publisher like beforehand. And I've already like when I even started the book concept, I've already had like a publisher in mind for it. And I've been like working with the publisher like from the beginning so it's like uh, the publisher I think it's like best best if you can work from the beginning with the publisher so they can like help with the concept help like edit the book along the way but I know if of course if you're starting out it's hard to like get get any contact there and get a like a editor from the publisher if they don't even know if they want to publish your book so if you're starting out I would suggest maybe like yeah making your book like like finishing it as much as you can and then sending it to the publisher because they're not going to want to like publish something they don't they're not going to be sure what it's going to be like so they're going to be really reprehensive to like say yes if they have no idea how it's going to look and but for me because with the first book i had like yeah the proof of concept and like yeah i had this like backup from the other artists who had already worked from the for the publisher so that was how I got my foot in the door with them. But and then because I had now I had some books 
to show like I that I did this in this so it was like easier to get these publishers to like uh, like to reassure them that I'm gonna make a good book for them but yeah now now uh, now that I'm working on books I always know like a publisher beforehand that I, I'm gonna use for the book and I've been like working with Indokustannus in Finland and Voimakustannus and uh, Schildset Söderström and also yeah Suuri, Suuri Kurpitsa now so and now I also am making uh, illustrating a book for Karisto and which is part of Ottawa and also I'm illustrating a book now for Suomalaisen kirjallisuuden seura, which is like this Finnish literally thingy. I don't know how to translate it, but yeah. So I have, I have been lucky that I can work like with many publishers. Because sometimes some publishing houses can be like, kind of like, you only work for me and then you have to like stick to that one house. But I've been lucky that I've been able to like spread out my wings and not just stick to one house. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious. But yeah, that's how I got started. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a long, long. long no, but that's that's really interesting. Like to know how it actually mm -hmm. like gradually kind of evolves. That uh, like you first self-publish something, and then you have something mm -hmm. to actually show, uh, and then like then you can. But you still have to write. Like you need to do some work before they start uh, trusting you. That that's like very nice to know that like you don't just right away get an amazing book deal because you're lucky it's like a combination of small steps yeah and I, I don't know like my way might not be the way that many others have worked but like I think like it is one way to get into the field but I think some people can it, it is possible to like just like not have published anything before and then get like a really good publishing deal with some big house but I think it's maybe quite rare and I think like self-publishing first and like getting some of your like getting a portfolio of works is like the best way to do it and also like and then you can also like learn learn from the mistakes beforehand because <laughs> uh, making book is not easy so I think it's good to like experiment when it's with like these smaller books before you go into the big with the big boys <laughs> yeah. but I'm curious since you both self-published like you you have experience both with self-publishing and working with a publisher like would you say what are like the advantages of each like have you noticed that ah. some things are easier when self-publish or like better when self-publishing and some things are better when you work with a publishing company yeah i think like yeah i really like self-publishing because i like to be in charge of everything and I want to choose like what I do and also because I am quite quite like I I like to advertise them myself so and I'm, I'm I have like my own networks and everything so it's pretty easy for me to also like get these books around even if I'm self-publishing them well not easy but like I know how to do it but yeah I think but also with the publishing house for me I haven't had like maybe like so much interference there they might have like I think the most thing that publishing houses are like that I had to like edit the works was to make it like uh, cheaper to print and that's like one thing that uh, pretty often maybe if you're <laughs> working with a publishing house it's like you have to like try to cut costs at every corner and then it usually is that they cut on the editor 
editor's salary or you might not even have an editor. I think like for many books we didn't have an editor or or it was just like they will just do the proofreading and that's it. So you might not be able to get an editor even if you're with a publishing house, especially in Finland. I think it's pretty like it is a big cost and the books market is not so big anymore. And in Finland, even if, it, if you only publish in Finnish language, the audience is even smaller. So like you're not going to be able to sell so many books so that it's not like for them, it's not cost, cost efficient to like hire an editor unless it's going to be like a really if they know it's going to sell a lot. But yeah, usually the editing, editing could have <laughs> Could have been better. <laughs> I think like many books could have like improved with an editor or like even an editor could have like more time to like work on the book. It could have been like a lot better. But yeah, it's it's a lot of like compromises along the way because everything costs and especially with the like the printing cost and like that. I have you have to make a lot of compromises because unless like for me us we had like I have been able to get some grants for the publishing like the printing costs sometimes so we've been able to like compensate on what the publisher can't can't afford and maybe like get, get a nicer looking book if we get the grant for it but usually anything like everything's extra so they usually try to make it like black and white cheapest possible paper smallest possible size like it's not gonna be maybe the in if you're like self-publishing you can of course make like whatever you want but uh then you might not have so many costs like you won't have to pay for an editor unless you want to have an editor for your self-published book and also like you get all the money yourself and for me maybe the biggest thing for me to like uh, also like not to say like to say like kind of like to say that self-publishing is also good because you get all the money yourself like with the publishing house they're gonna take like the majority of the like the profits from the book and you're only gonna get like a small royalty like that's something like Depends, of course, on the deal, but it might be like 10 to 20 percent. So it's not a lot, lot. And I think if you're like self-publishing, you get all the money yourself. You can set the price. It, and it, I think you can make more money on the book if you self-publish it, even if you don't sell as much, much as a big publisher would sell. But you don't have to sell so much to get like the same amount, if that makes sense. Like you have it can be like more profitable profitable you for you if that's what you're looking for but for many people what they're looking for in the big publishing house is the uh, esteem like it is like kind of like makes you look legit if you have a publishing house and that's kind of like it's kind of like a sad thing that you have to have like a publishing house to like be taken seriously but uh, yeah it's just the way it is and it can help you like elevate your elevate you in a way to like more people are going to be just like oh it like it is like it more, looks more legit and you can get more like uh, these uh, resellers that way because some resellers don't take self-published books at all or they only say, take self-published books if they have had had this uh, review in the Helsinki Sanomat <laughs> it's like in Finland this is like the the ticket to get into the bookstores it to get the review in the Helsinki Sanomat. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like it's just yeah. one one magazine and if they publish about your book then you can get it to all the resellers but if you don't 
then all the doors are closed. It's like wow. a ridiculous thing. <laughs> yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Helsinki Sanomat is like kind of the main newspaper or like the most popular newspaper in Finland, I think. Yeah, I think it's like the biggest and yeah. yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's this like kind of, I think it's really ridiculous to have this kind of standard that you have to be like have a review there, but yeah. <laughs> to get into some bookstores. Okay, well, uh, we are also really curious about your client work because you also do commercial illustration, right? Yeah, like, um, I wouldn't say like I'm like super commercial, but <laughs> but yeah, like I, I work, work mostly with like these uh, maybe like non-profits and like organizations. Hmm. So they're usually not maybe like super commercial, but they they need they need illustrations too, and they can be uh, for a variety of things. Like I can, I've been like making illustrations for like uh, campaigns, like or for like posters and some materials they might need for like online and stuff. So they might not be like advertisement campaigns or stuff like this, but. It's like for like uh, communication purposes, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe commercial <laughs> in a way, but yeah. Yeah, but I was wondering like for our listeners who want to get into that kind of illustration, uh, like do you have some wisdom on how one could get started doing this kind of illustration? Like finding clients and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get this like a lot. People ask me how to find clients and I'm really like, sorry, I cannot help with that because for me, I don't have to find my clients because they find me because <laughs> it's for me. It's really like I'm, I'm really in a in a fortunate situation that all the work that I get is usually like they contact me first. So I don't have to go looking for them. And it's kind of. Uh, yeah, I also have like kind of like this surplus of work. I maybe have like too much work, <laughs> which is like, yeah, it's good, good also, but uh, can be hard sometimes to say no to some really fun projects. But I have, I have had to learn to do that. But um, maybe for me, like I know that the, all the clients, they find me from my previous works. So what what I can say from my experience is like getting your work out there, get your work published. That's going to be your like uh, ticket to getting people to know who you are. And having a good portfolio is really like important, like a, like a nice online portfolio. Because all of my clients, they usually tell like, oh, we look at your portfolio and look really nice. So they they must have saw, saw something they like there and they must have like like the layout of the website or something to make it like uh, make it so they choose me as the illustrator so i think that's like really important to have like good good portfolio how did you and get yeah. how did you get started then cuz you say that now you get your work like mostly through you know the people have already seen your previous work and that's why mm -hmm. they want to hire you but how did you like how did you get that first job, for example, or, you know, how did you get started in it? Yeah, like, I think like the first like proper jobs I had were through like, uh, well, the first like book illustration work I got was that the, the person had saw my, seen my comic in a 
comic anthology and they liked my comic and they asked like can you illustrate the cover for this book and I was like yes of course and but yeah it was like just because they saw my work in some other publication they thought like yeah I could be fit for the job mm. and I think also a lot was with through like uh, uh, relationships I had many times gotten like this uh, jobs from people like uh, recommending me so they some of uh, some of my friends or somebody who knows me have recommended me. So that's how I got into these clients' ears. And also like, oh, maybe some of the, my, my first jobs were also like through these like job listings. Like, because uh, I, I studied in Aalto University. And so they sometimes we get like on the school email, we get these like job, job uh, listings because they want somebody who studies at Aalto because it has like this kind of reputation. So they want somebody who's maybe skilled, but maybe cheaper because there are students still. <laughs> and so so they, that's how I got some uh, some other first works from this, have just from my school, school kind of like that. Yeah. I actually want to, because I was wondering, uh, because you went to art school and we actually haven't had a guest who has gone to art school oh, or, really? we, or actually we have at least haven't like talked to them about it mm. so I'm very interested to hear like how do you think you going to art school has affected your career like has it been a help yes think? definitely I think it has helped a lot and especially like uh, I think the school that I went to like I still haven't graduated. I'm still studying, <laughs> but yeah, I'm also like I'm soon, soon to be, hopefully, soon to be, master of arts uh, from Aalto University. Uh, so Aalto University is in, well, it's in Espo now. But yeah, it's like, I think I would say like has the like the best reputation from the art schools in Finland, and especially because I studied like graphic design there. It's like a very well respected program and. People in the industry, like they will find like find you if you work there, and they will want to hire you because it's just it's it's like it's uh, it's really hard to get into school, and yeah, I think it also like it's kind of like just being in the school. It kind of is like this uh, kind of seal of approval that the that the clients will be like, okay, they got into all those, so they must be good, but it. It might not be accurate all the time, but like, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it it helps a lot. And I I would I would say I wouldn't have the career that I have now if I wouldn't study there. Like, one hundred percent. Like, like most of the, my my jobs are because they see that I studied in Alto. But now, like, uh, also now maybe it's because they see my previous works. But like when I was starting, it like it helped a lot to have that in my resume. To have studied there, I think it was really good, good for me. But yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like stupid in a way because even sometimes some of the older students they might not even have like a portfolio, but they just get the get the work like uh, internships and stuff because of this name of the school. Just kind of like yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> For me, it has uh, been good, so I'm not complaining. But yeah, I think it, there might be some uh, some prejudices uh, there, like against some other schools, maybe like just 
some like many I think like if you're especially if you're working like in this uh, graphic design like a studio like uh, going to advertisement agencies they really look at the school that you've been to I think but after like when you're like when you have like made your internships and stuff like this I think then it's more about the portfolio and but when you're starting out the school can help a lot in that like getting your name nail your foot in the door through the name of the school but for me especially because I am not in this uh, like I I worked in a advertisement studio before but for me it's not the I had I was like just like I tried it out because I heard it so bad and I was like oh, it can't be that bad but now I'm like it's bad like I don't want to work <laughs> in an advertisement agency like no so I think uh, but I, I'm glad that I tried it out and so that it was not for fit for me but yeah I think for me now that I'm working more with like these uh, organizations and like being a freelancer so I can choose choose more where I work from because for me it was also like it was kind of like working in an advertising agency I was very like I had to like throw my values in the gutter because I just had to like I couldn't choose who my client was because I had to just work for whoever the client was for the studio and sometimes it was not maybe something I would choose myself and then when I when they actually like I was in the studio that I was working at and they got the Valio which is like this milk producer as their client and because I'm a vegan myself and I was just like this is the last straw like I'm not gonna work here anymore because I don't want to make like advertisements for like milk <laughs> so that was when I said like bye <laughs> but yeah that was the kind of it is something it depends on of course the on the agency like they might not do these kind of clients but maybe if you are willing to work for all kinds of clients then it might be fit for you but if you want to choose more carefully who you work with then maybe freelancing is better better for you at least for me that is how it is mm. uh, since you mentioned portfolios because uh i think like a, a lot of well at least like neither of us have the art education and i don't know if we're gonna have any anytime soon but i'm mm. but like the portfolio is like this thing that everybody can make uh, mm -hmm. whether you have an education or not and clearly like you say that like it's useful if you if people hear about you it's important that they get to also see what you do yeah definitely uh, so like i want like do you have any advice like any portfolio advice <laughs> or uh like have you noticed that uh, like i don't know some kind of improvements in your portfolio would uh help or or just like, or maybe something from your school, <laughs> since we're not mm. gonna know if they taught you something <laughs> about the portfolios. That is like a secret that we uneducated artists <laughs> don't know, <laughs> or something. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like portfolio ad advice I got from school that I didn't follow, <laughs> but also <laughs> like stuff I did follow. I think like at uh, when I actually like in Alto, we had this like. Uh, illustration uh, minor studies so I did the illustration minor studies in Alto and that was like really good because it uh, really like focused just on illustration work so it was because I I've been studying graphic design but it is graphic design is not maybe something I would want to do like so much myself like I'm I'm 
I would say like I'm mostly an illustrator. So yeah, the illustration minor studies was really good. And then there we got like really good like portfolio feedback there. And the feedback that I got was that I'm, I have too much <laughs> and I need to narrow down because I, yeah, well, you, you listen to my, what all the stuff that I'm doing, like I do a lot of stuff and it's like really like varies, varied and very like rich. So what the, the, the advice that I got from my teachers there was that to narrow it down and just like focus on one thing that I really want to work on. But for me, it was so hard to like, like, I can't just choose one thing, like, because like also illustration has like many different subcategories. You can be like, a, yeah, illustration for magazines. You can be a children's book illustrator. You can be a game illustrator. Like there's so many different things you can do in the illustration field. So the advice that I got was like to just choose one one like area that I want to make a focus on and where I want to work and then like uh, like uh, morph my portfolio to fit that one area and I think for me it was it felt so wrong like I was like I can't choose one thing and I didn't really I did narrow a little bit maybe down I did like because I had like so much I have so much work that I can choose the best ones and just include those but if you're starting out and you don't have so much I think maybe having maybe more is good but <laughs> also like if you're if there's works that are like maybe you're questioning like if they're good enough then don't include them because like only include maybe your best work but having like more is better than just having like two two really good projects I think like if I only see like maybe two projects in a portfolio I'm like kind of like yeah maybe they did, did good work in those two but like are they gonna be able to reproduce that and are they like really like productive in a way so uh, is there yeah, like, I think sorry, is there like, what do you, you think is a good number? If two is too little and I guess like 30 is too much. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you have like an online portfolio, which is a website, then like maybe you could have like a categories in there, like having like category, like, uh, editorial work category. And then you have like children's book illustration category or something like this. Then it's like the if the client is looking for that kind of work, they can just look to that part of the portfolio. But if it's like all in all like 100 different kind of illustration works and you're like, what is this? So it may be easier to have some some categories there mm. or making a separate portfolio just for like different fields, like maybe have like a portfolio for illustri uh, like a yeah, game industry and may have one por portfolio for like children's book work like this could be a really good idea and also if I'm like applying for a job or a, or a grant or something I always make a new like portfolio to kind of like show the jobs that are most similar to that job that I'm making, like I'm applying for. Like mm. if I'm applying for a comic comic grant, of course I'm gonna include comic work and not like some other art projects there. Like I'm just gonna include what's like relevant to the project that I'm applying for. But yeah, so having having separate portfolios can be a good idea. Like make a separate PDF and I always like, I have like separate PDFs and then I like, update them each, each time to have like a new 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 version for each client <laughs> or each grant giver or something so i have different different versions 
but yeah, if, if you know you're gonna only work in one field, if you know you only, only want jobs from children's book illustration or something like that, then make your portfolio only for that field. Because I don't know, like, but if you want to be more varied, then have like different portfolios or have like, like different categories on your website or something. This could, this could be a good, good idea. But yeah, I think mostly the cli clients would want you to only work in one field. <laughs> But yeah, I think, but in, I would say it's pretty like hard to just work in one field. I don't know, like maybe having like, so unless you become like that, the one person who does like, I don't know, dog portrait or something like you, you get this one thing that you do only, then maybe it's good. But if you want to be more varied and have like more like a uh, more variety of incomes, then maybe not box yourself only one thing because that might be detrimental in some time when people don't want dog portraits anymore or something <laughs> like you know because <laughs> i always have like a million backup plans i'm always like oh what if it doesn't work out then i have like a million like okay i can do this i can do this like yeah <laughs> so but yeah i might be like a little bit ex extreme with my variety and maybe some people want to just focus on one thing so Maybe it's easier for you to choose, but I don't know if you, if you want to ch share you to like, is there like one field you would only be aiming at, or do you want to have like more variety of stuff? Can you say for yourselves? I think I would at least want to try out different things because I don't have that much experience in general. Like I've done a couple uh, kind of commercial illustration things, but they've been pretty small. So I. I think I would want to try out to see what I actually like because I don't think I have mm -hmm. any idea of how it actually is. But I would be very interested in like book illustration, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, I really want to do different things because it also like helps sometimes to like not get your brain stuck into like one but when you change things up then you kind of get a fresh look at other things <laughs> that you've been doing too much but also like i know that like maybe working for commercial clients like is not really for me because i i stress <laughs> too much over like deadlines and stuff so i would really mm -hmm. like to like develop uh, like personal work but i for example i really like to branch out in things like this podcast for example mm -hmm. so like there are things that we are like I'm doing on my own but like this one field is that I draw and then this other thing is that I sit and talk about how I draw mm. <laughs> 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 and like yeah like things that are different in that way like I kind of yeah I really like to sometimes brainstorm about like what other things I could do that are creative but still like self-initiative but they could be like a different like the 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 people who pay for that could be different kinds of people or or like or, yeah or the comp companies who pay for it are like different kind of companies but like yeah i don't know but i think it's really it's really good idea to like branch out and do yeah because i think things. it was really annoying because at the school they said just like pick one thing and only like and have like in the portfolio, you should only have like one style of work, mm -hmm. like only like 
just pick like one. You're gonna only do vectors now, and you have to do that forever. And I think that that was like really like I don't know. It for me it just didn't feel right because I know that I want to like try new things, and I couldn't actually like I couldn't choose one style. I was like I don't know what my style is. Like I have to just choose one and only do that forever. Like no, it didn't like fit me at all. But I think that it is possible to like have different styles. But if you know you only have one style that you always work in, and you want that's what you want to do forever, then that's perfect for you. Then only put that in your portfolio, and you don't need to have like a variety of things. Because for like, for uh, I would say like for uh, creative directors who are looking for like maybe an illustrator, illustrator for like a book or like for for a commercial project or something they they want to know what you're gonna they're gonna get so they want to have like uh, somebody who has a consistent style or that they can look in the portfolio and say this look at some work and say we want particularly this because it's easy for them to know what's the result gonna be and then they can sell it to the client but i don't know like with the books books i feel like I for every book I have kind of like a different style anyway and the clients are not saying like make this style you put in this book no they're they're, they're gonna like say like for this book we have this concept and hope you can make your style fit that concept and then I usually like adjust my style to fit that concept and for me that's really fun because I get to try new things and not just do one thing but I, of course I also like know that I'm not gonna be like a realistic portrait illustrator or like I know know also my limits like I'm not gonna sp spread to every different direction in that way like I have some kind of balance in what my style is even if it's more varied varied than other illustrators but it is still like somehow you can recognize that. And people say that I have a recognizable style, but I always like, I don't even know what my style is, but I say, <laughs> I guess there is some uh, like uh, familiarity in the familiarity in the pictures and some consistency in the style if you can recognize it in a way, but. I, I definitely I think your style is very recognizable. Like oh, really? I, at least, okay. yeah, everything I've seen, it's like, it's very apparent to me that it is yeah. your style. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but we were actually like just talking about style in our previous episode, and um, like th there was this one thing that we kind of thought about that basically, like, yeah, for some people it works that you have like this one very clear style, but then for other people it might be that you have a lot of different, like, like a lot of different what some people would call styles but actually there is like something in your work that it still stays the same like something that still makes sense when it's all together mm -hmm. so like i guess you can like like the one fit all advice for portfolios might be that just make it this one very strict style but then like as you say like okay this doesn't work for me but then you still make it so that when people look at it they, it still makes sense to them. It still doesn't look like 10 different people made this website. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it might be that uh, like some things in your work vary all the time, but there there must be still some things that like s keep all of this together and like still make it recognizable as your work. It might just not be the materials you use, for example, or like 
I don't know, the colors you use. Those might be different all the time, but then there must be something else that stays the same. Hmm. Yeah, because some illustrators have like really like strict, like I only use pink and blue and nothing else or something <laughs> like this. Like it can be like really strict. And I think that's can be really like detrimental in a way if you don't, because if the client wants you to use like red and you don't use it like what you're gonna do like then the clients can be like no we don't want you then like it can be it can be bad but it can be also depends of course if you want to be more or more like more do your own thing or if you want to be more yeah yeah, yeah. but easy then to approach <laughs> and easy to like mold into different forms but yeah. yeah but then the client whose color scheme is pink and blue is gonna pick you because all of the <laughs> others have all the other colors and they're gonna see your website and gonna be like oh my god this is our illustrator <laughs> yeah I, I actually have like i have like this color scheme that i only use like pink and turquoise or like i use mostly those colors and most of the clients that come to me they want me to only use those colors because they're like oh we love you that you use these colors all the time and <laughs> that's why we picked you and that's kind it can be a good thing like yeah to have this uh, kind of brand <laughs> brand in a way <laughs> that yeah. the client knows what they're gonna get and then they know that you, you're gonna be fit for it <laughs> Okay, friends, so we had so many questions for Apila. The interview was taking quite a while. So we thought, how about we split it in two and you can hear part two next week because we just wanted to learn as much as we could. Apila was providing us with so much insight <laughs> on so many things. So stay tuned. Next week, you can, you can hear more of the interview. But now Mia and I will do question of the week. Yes, thanks again for all your questions. Uh, this week's question is from Aesthetic Garden. In which already existing movie would you like to play and what character? Oh, this was such a fun question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, should I start? Yeah, you can start. I mean, it was fun for me. <laughs> Yes, yes, I also, we were just talking about this question off camera, and I also really like this question, it's really creative, but also, like, I suck at picking everything, like, well, picking everything in general, but also especially, like, favorites, like, what is my favorite movie, or, like, what is the movie I really like, I have no idea, but anyway, <laughs> I I stressed out a little bit, but then I was like, okay, I'll just do the the movie that... I watched yesterday. That's like an easier way for me to pick something. But <laughs> yesterday I watched Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Which is maybe not the movie. But then I was like, first I was like, maybe it's not the movie I would want to be in. But then when we were like, it's, it's play in. I was like, no, actually that could be fun to play like this super action movie kind of thing mm. so you would actually need to learn all the like to because i know like all these actors have like a trainer and then they learn all the stuff i think that would be actually fun yeah. <laughs> to play in a movie like that so maybe not necessarily that one particular movie but i think it would be fun to play an action movie like that but since we have to pick i would play natasha romanoff because she's a badass and she can fight and she can shoot and she can ride a bike and she can do all of the things. So if I played her, 
I would learn all that stuff. And then after that, I could actually do all that stuff. So that would be really cool. And also, unlike Scarlett Johansson, I could actually speak real Russian. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you? Well, uh, I kind of thought of one immediately. So I'm just going to go with it. Uh, so Harry Potter, no surprises there. But I mean, not the character Harry Potter, though. But like the, the <laughs> movies, Harry Potter movies. And I would want to play Luna Lovegood because she is quirky and fun and weird. And I, I just, yeah, I love her as a character. I think it would be really fun <laughs> to play her. Yeah. But also it would be just amazing to kind of kind of immerse myself in the world of Harry Potter and kind of feel like I'm part of that magical world, even if it was for just a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Luna wouldn't be fun to play, even though I don't think I could, because I'm not calm enough to oh. play Luna. <laughs> yeah, calm. But I think you would, <laughs> you would make a good Luna, because you also have this really high voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like not in your like mm. normally you don't talk in high voice, but sometimes you make this high voice and you're really good at it. So. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, she was like weird, this like kind of calm, but like very aloof and dreamy. So yeah, that but she's really like really fun. soft. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, you would be good at soft. Oh, thank you. You would be good at kick ass. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, this was a fun question. Yes. Thank you for the questions. We love when you send all these like fun, uh, random questions. So please keep them coming. Yeah, they're really fun to answer. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening this episode and come back in a week to hear us ask Apila more of the questions and get all of their wisdom out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've learned like so much talking to Apila, so I'm sure you will too. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can follow Apila on Instagram at Apila Pepita. And also, if you want to follow their tattoo account, that is on Instagram, at Tattoo, And they also have a Twitter, which is also Pepita. Yes, follow Apila and come back next week. And yeah, see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Drawing Club podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at drawingclubpodcast or email us at drawingclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me, Mia, on Instagram at mia.minerva and on YouTube as Mia Minerva. Sasha, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram at Sasha underscore Kretova. This podcast was created by us, Mia Minerva and Sasha Kretova. Olli Arni created the theme song and assisted with the recording and Dmitri Zerbin took care of audio mastering. Welcome to the club, friends.